This is Confusion Sofa 30. I'm Chris Walker, and I once smashed my phone against a desk because a colleague really annoyed me. He must have really annoyed you. My name is Graham, and I once got sacked for drawing a giant cock. (laughs) Was that to put your own picture on your work pass? No, they just asked me to draw a picture of my manager, so I did. No, no. <laughs> let's start off with your smashed phone first. Let's, let's kick off with that. What, what do you mean? Like, I know you've got a short fuse and people piss you off all the time, but like, why why break your phone? I don't know. I, was, I, I used to have like a really bad short fuse when I was younger, and I was trying really hard not to lose my rag with someone uh, where they needed something doing that they thought was really important, but they needed me to do it. I was like, well, it's not that important. It can wait an hour or two because you don't need it for another three days. I need to look into it. I'm I'm literally right in the middle of something right now, person. Let's call her Barbara for the sake of it, even though she's not called Barbara. It's like, I'll I'll do it in a bit, Barbara. I'll even come over to you. But at the moment, I'm really, really busy. Can you just wait an hour? Yeah, but I need this. I need it wide. And she's just giving me all the reasons, which were all nonsense anyway. And she just carried on. And... I started getting a bit short fuse with her. I was like, look, can you go away from my desk now? Because I'm getting annoyed. And then my manager just sort of pulled me. He's like, uh, Chris, can I have all that? I just got my phone. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, and smashed it against the corner of my desk and broke my mobile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was trying really hard not to lose it. It turns out she only wanted to pull me over to say, look, I, I think you did quite well to handle that. And I thought I was getting a bollocking, so I smashed my phone. <laughs> Fucking hell, that, that's you do it, handling it quite well. Smashing your own property. I thought you were going to say it was a work phone, actually, to be fair. Oh, no, I probably got in more trouble for that. Uh, so what? What? why were you drawing a massive dick, exactly? Well, it takes me back a long time, this one. But it's, you know when everyone went through that phase? Everyone's been through that phase anyway, of like every guy anyway, of uh, drawing a cock, haven't they? On, oh, yeah. So it happens through a, you know, a passage of life. When you're at school, you draw a massive cock on the little penguins in the textbooks and stuff. And then, <laughs> you know... Anyway, you get the opportunity, you can draw a cock on, you know, condensation of a window. Um, (laughs) You know, everyone's done it. You've done it. I know you've drawn cocks somewhere. Surely you put the cock above the condensation. So watch the little drips go down the window. (laughs) Yeah, but the drips also, if if you're really artistic, you can make the drips look like jizz. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what the point was. (laughs) Give it a 3D effect. But yeah, there's you know, toilet cubicles, you'll sit down, go for a shit, there'll be a giant cock on there, you know, you can draw it in snow, anywhere. Anyway, on this instance, the reason I drew this massive cock, um, I was doing some training for uh, this new job that I was uh, applied for, so I think it was like a two-week training scheme, and the guy had come all the way from London, professional, he had a little flip chart, when I say a little, it was quite a large flip chart that he used for his presentation that went through one by one. Anyway, yeah. he left the room, and me being in my early 20s and the peak of my <laughs> cock-drawing abilities, I flipped about seven pages, eight pages ahead of his presentation, grabbed his marker marker, and drew a massive cock right over, <laughs> all, all over the presentation. And it, obviously, it was all to do with banking as well at the time, so it was all about like mortgages and stuff, and it was like, oh, I don't know, 2%, APR, whatever. There's big cock over it, jizz flying everywhere, loads of pubes. <laughs> Flipped it all back to where he was, sat back down in my seat. And obviously, we're in a, you know, there's a, a training room of about probably 10, 12 of us. And everyone was just sat there like going, oh my God, I can't believe he's done that. Giggling like little schoolboys and girls. And he comes back and he carries on with his presentation. And after every page, you could just feel the tension and just like the tension, giddy- just building. Like we're getting closer, we're getting closer. How did he react when he got to it? He just kind of went, ha ha, very funny. I I get a joke and all this. And then... uh, (laughs) I get a joke. Don't think I'm a stick in the mud. Yeah, exactly. He was like that. (laughs) I'm I'm cool. I'm with with you guys. I'm down with it. I like a little bit of anarchy. (laughs) 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 You're just like, shut up, you partridge twat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he clearly wasn't happy with it because he went to complain to the manager and the manager, you know, pulled me in and uh, I don't know how they found out I did it actually because I didn't even say I did it. Did the people in the room not see you do it? Well, yeah, I obviously got grassed up, didn't I? Someone grassed me. But he got sacked. Were you living at home at the time as well? 
I slept at home as well, so it was all right. Oh, how did you have to explain that to mum and dad? No, oh, they were made in redundancies. <laughs> You've only been there three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's tough times. <laughs> <laughs> I blame on the 2008 crash. No, to be fair, uh, I think I got a, a job the following day after, so I didn't really have to explain myself much. I, I do tend to land on my feet. Really? Mm. That's, that's, that is lucky. That is lucky. I'm just didn't land it, on the but... didn't land on your feet on that story you told me earlier, but I'll keep that away from podcast for now. Yeah, we'll save that for a bit further down the line. That's that's still fresh. <laughs> 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 literally, literally, it's still fresh. <laughs> Today we're talking about jobs, as if you haven't guessed already. Work experience. I've told my cock drawing sack story, bean sack story. And <laughs> you've told us your work, your short fuse at work where you destroyed your phone because of a colleague. So if you have a guess, today's episode is all about jobs, careers, employment, how we've done it, where we've been, what we've done, and we'll save the uh, the other story for another time. That will be tied yeah. under worst Embarrassing timing. moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah, we could probably, probably get about a full season out of embarrassing moments, to be fair, for either of us, so... Moving on from cock drawing, although that will probably come back at some point. First job, what was yours? I'm guessing it'd be the same standard one for anyone in the UK. Paper round. Yeah, everyone had a paper round. I did, what did they pay you? I think I got about 12 to £15 pound a week, I want to say. Was that one Something round like... a day or? Oh, yeah, that was Monday to Friday. And Saturday. That's not bad. And Saturday, because I had to do the round and then go back for my wage, cashing and job, with my uh, high-vis paper bag. Yeah, we used to have one of those. I um, play, Paper shop I did it at, they paid you a quid a round. A quid a round? Quid a round. So they were basically getting, like, for six rounds, you were getting six hours labour for six pounds a week. Fucking hell, mate. You were underpaid. Unbelievable, isn't it? That, I think that's why one of the reasons that doesn't exist anymore, because that paper boy successfully um, managed to basically take them to court or, or something or get the law changed, didn't he? Say that we should get, at least get minimum wage. And they realized, really? I didn't even know and once that. they're having to pay like 25, 30 quid a week or whatever for hours earned or hours worked even, they couldn't afford to do it because then they had to bump the prices up a delivery to people. So they must have been charging very, very little. If you think about it, for people to have it delivered, I thought I was getting charged like paid little on what I was. Well, getting. I, what I realised is I could do two rounds on a Sunday and earn the same amount, so I just did that. I managed to grab a round that which was just one street, but huh. walk up, walk down. But it was at the time, obviously, I was a sort of pubescent teenager, and the area I lived, there was a lot of um, red tops newspapers getting delivered on a Sunday, and this is before the NFP tree being banned, as it was. Oh. Oh, right. So you just walked, walked up, up and down the street having a little ogle. And what I remember seeing is Abby Titmus and Jody Marsh in the paper every single week about nothing. <laughs> like constantly. It was mad. <laughs> it wasn't nothing, mate. They, they competed to have the least amount of clothing over their nipples. And each week was a pleasant surprise to how creative they could be with everyday household <laughs> objects. They used belts. Jodie Marsh used belts, didn't she, to cover us? Yeah. They used to, they used to um, put quotes by the page three girls as well, didn't they? Like Nicola, N-I-K-K-A-L-A from Essex 23. And there'd be some sort of profound opinion on politics. It's clearly not from her that they just attached <laughs> to it. It's like Eurotrash with the voiceovers. <laughs> oh, I miss Eurotrash. The trash was brilliant. <laughs> oh, what well, I think name? is, uh, look, we've got all these people wanting to uh, have an operation to have uh, nine-inch cocks when they've only got six inches to work with. So, you know, <laughs> just put a couple of stalks in it and say, yeah, job, jobs are good. Maybe <laughs> like some French guy that they voiced over. <laughs> what was her name on it with the massive tits? Lola Ferrari? Yeah, that's it. I'm sure, I think we've spoke about her before, actually. She's quite famous, wasn't she? I, assume, I think she died, didn't she, Lola Ferrari? 
Yeah, I think she was the very first fake tits I'd ever seen on TV, thinking about it. That's had some ridiculous size done. It's all quite, it's all quite sad, isn't it? Really, when you look back as a teenager, you think that, that all that stuff's sort of hilarious. We look back now, it's like, why would someone do that to themselves? Because she was just like living in pain with it. Yeah, she was just literally just a little circus act, wasn't yeah. she? To be fair. Anyway, we've gone off topic. Anyway. Paper rounds, paper rounds, paper rounds. <laughs> Why to get from paper rounds to load a Ferrari in thirty seconds? So strap yourselves in, listeners, because this is the kind of podcast you're going to get from us today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah, mine went anyway. Mine was like uh, Monday to Saturday, but I used to get up at like half five in the morning. It took me a good couple of hours, two or three hours, I'd say, before school. And then I remember on the Saturday, mm-hmm. get paid like the under 15 quid, and we'd go straight to Meadowall, get on the bus, spend an hour on the bus to get to Meadowall, go to the cinema, get a McDonald's, go into the arcades, and still have like a few quid left over when I got home. They were the good old days. You, you always end, ended up spending pretty much everything you had. Within three days of having it, guaranteed. Yeah, bloody less than that, to be fair. But that's when everything was cheap. I never even saved it, did you? Never even saved it. It was just my walking around money. I think I had a few quid left over for like school lunch or school breaks and stuff like that, but that not too much. But, you know, buses were 25p, school cookies were 15p and stuff. You know, it went a long way. 15 quid went a long way. Uh, But yeah, so moving on from there, after that, what was your first kind of proper? job first first proper job was boots the chemist but it was a really big boots so boots is it's almost a borderline supermarket these days isn't it fucking hell you jumped you think up. about you jumped it from a paper round to boots yeah soon as well yeah exactly probably about <laughs> a year and a half my parents made me carry on the paper round while i was at boots as well until like the job was permanent so i got a christmas temp job that <laughs> um, to be honest, that was quite good because Boots is—it's it's meant to be a chemist, but it's absolutely enormous. It sells more cosmetics. So it's more like a de- almost like a department store for anything that you can think of that's not food, more or less, isn't it? If you think about, and now they do food. sell loads and loads of stuff. Well, yeah, they do lunches and stuff, but they they always sold like uh, electronics. I'd had photo developing and. Champ, massive racks of shampoo and cosmetics and stuff like that. And it wasn't a bad place to work for a 16 year old lad working with tons of girls the same sort of age. He used to have stalkers in there. Stalking, I had stalkers at boots. Stalking the girls, yeah? No, stalking me. Stalking he you. To, <laughs> there, were, there were three girls that used to come in all the time, normally with their mum, and come to my till all the time and try and talk to me. And what were they buying? Chewing gum? Anything. Oh. And anything. But oh they're like waiting longer queues to go to my till and then go all bright red. And like Which you know, it's all very flattering stuff, but one of them was not my cup of tea whatsoever, shall I say. Um and her mum practically asked her out for me or for her once. And I was like, I think I probably said something kind of rude. Like, oh no, sorry, I'm, I'm not interested. Not even to think to lie or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, no. It's just, and it also, like, you're getting your mum, your mum's asking me out for you. So that's really weird. So yeah, I used to get that all. Used to get that all the time. It wasn't it wasn't a bad place to work though for like work parties and stuff. Sixteen years old. Like, I think I worked there sixteen to nineteen during college. So. Work not, you know, have like the odd work drinks or whatever. You, you, that sort of hormonal age, you probably pulled off at people that work there. Certainly in your age group, anyway. <laughs> so there's a lot of departments there as well, isn't there? You've got the uh, perfume, cosmetics, uh, the photography area. If you can call it photography, whatever. You got old tills, the pharmacy, you got loads, loads of it to go up. This is obviously before I discovered beer and pies. <laughs> and my hair was a bit further forward, so it was, you know, it wasn't a terrible place to work in that sense um not much in the way of perks admittedly in terms of like discounts and stuff unless i wanted a cheap sandwich or to get 10 percent off like some hair gel i'll tell you what mate if you needed like christmas presents for parents that's the place to go you can get everything you can get the old oh, yeah. uh you know the shitty three for twos three for twos got all sorts pet eggs what else foot scrapers tongue scrapers <laughs> get all the old people stuff Oh yeah, royal jelly, all that sort of thing. Bazooka that Veruca. 
<laughs> oh, I, the thing is, once you started working there, the the level of resent that built up in me if I got like a French connection shower gel set for Christmas. Like, I know how much these cost. And they, I don't um, want it, so don't bother. A bit more middle class, weren't it? You didn't get like Lynx Africa and stuff, did you? Oh, yeah, he did. did yeah, you? of course oh, he right. did. Yeah, Lynx, Adidas. That was good. Like, Adidas, like mini fragrances. They all smell like crap. They all smell That's... like sweets or something. Them deodorants. I remember collecting the Lynx collections when it, like in the 90s. Voodoo, Africa. Atlantis. This is, this is getting really Alan Partridge now. <laughs> Voodoo, Java. We should have a Flavia together. Inca. Inca. Yes, Java. Wasn't Atlantis the one that just smelled like a pine car air freshener? I think that was the most popular one, that one. No, no, you're thinking of Africa. No, that was Africa. Africa, Africa was. Yeah, Africa. It was just all like spices and uh, spices yeah. and leaves. And I, uh, oh. I don't have that problem because I use Lynx Africa. <laughs> yeah. I guess you, you would though with that deodorant because it, it didn't absorb any moisture. It just made you wetter. It did. It was rubbish and it stank when it mixed with sweat as well. It yeah. smelled really horrible when it mixed with sweat. It was terrible stuff. But you got it, the Lynx effect. You got the Lynx effect. <laughs> it lasted all, all five 50, minutes. All 15 year olds after PE spraying themselves up and down in Lynx <laughs> Africa and Lynx Inca thinking somehow they're going to turn into some massive pull magnet. Like, <laughs> no, you still got mud on your forehead from playing football in PE. You know, what? I might buy a can of Lynx Africa or something, or just some Lynx and just start spraying it again. It might get like women to have that kind of nostalgia feeling again and just be like, oh, wow, it's taking me back to my school days. So probably just imagine you're wearing, like, wearing curtains as a haircut. VO5 VO5 curtains. Brill cream. Look, VO5 or whatever it was. Was was it VO5? Was it was it the Weller one? Well, a shockwaves that smelled like vinegar. Shockwaves, yeah. Oh, shockwaves like vinegar, didn't it? It stank, but it did stink. No, no, actually, I think the shockwaves, the shockwaves, and the no, it was a brill cream that smelled nice. It might have been the shockwaves. Shockwaves did smell like vinegar. That held your hair though. When it said max hold, it just it turned your hair into ice. <laughs> anyway, going back to the jobs, what actually oh, yeah, jobs. one thing one one thing that was a bit of a perk. So one summer. Um, I think I'd fit. I think I'd finished college, so I decided to work full time for the summer till I could find something else, and I ended up getting a job in the warehouse, like or oh, the back shop. It was basically just pallet trolleys and stuff like that to bring onto the shop floor. I used to work seven till three, which was a bit of a ball ache, but I used to be able to eat two breakfasts a day because of it. So I'd have like toast before I left the house at like six o'clock in the morning get two buses across to the shopping centre where the shop was. And then about half past ten, I have like scrambled eggs on toast in the canteen for like a quid. Get home, mate, bargain. Oh, worked, worked like mad during that. But if I go a quick roundup of incidents from there, because I didn't get sacked from that. In fact, I've never been sacked, weirdly. God, don't know how. Uh, know, one thing was I got I got caught drinking JD and Coke in the canteen at quarter to twelve on a Sunday morning. That was good. <laughs> well, what and were you doing? Grasp me up. Still on the session from night before, isn't it? I don't know what I was doing. I just thought it'd be funny. I think. How did you uh, not get sacked? That's more sackable than drawing a cock. Definitely. I think I tried to bullshit my way out of it, saying I was using it as a painkiller because I can't take tablets. <laughs> 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 I think they just thought it's just not worth it. Just don't do it again. Um, <laughs> So that was quite funny. And then there was there was one one thing that stands out like hell. So it must have been about the 29th of December. I can work out why I, I know it's that date. And my mate Rob was back from uni, I think. Or was it pre-uni either? Yeah, he might have been back from uni for, for Christmas. And we went drinking in town. I remember us trying every shot from behind this bar. You know, when they do those crappy aftershot shots. No, oh, yeah. Tried every single flavour, got absolutely battered. Uh, I think we went out about seven, ended up going to like a McDonald's driving, making the taxi driver go through there and ordered like six cheeseburgers or something because I was battered and even know what I was ordering and trying to shove him a cheeseburger through the um, slot. I must have been really, 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 really light by that driver. Um, 
And I woke up next morning at like six o'clock getting ready to go to the warehouse thinking, oh, I feel so, so ill. Got on the bus, been on the bus 10 minutes, threw up all over myself. I had to like rush myself off the bus, was sick again on the floor of the bus, sick again when I got off the bus. Fuck yeah. I know, walked through town, sat in McDonald's with a coffee, feeling really, really bad when my coat was zipped up because I'd been sick all over my work polo shirt. Um, called in sick as soon as it opened, ran my girlfriend at the time as soon as I could, went to her house during the day and basically just stayed with her all day while she washed my clothes again for me. Worked around my mum, didn't they? Because she worked there, asking where I was, even though I'd already rung in sick. And he said, well, he's at work. No, he isn't. And I get this angry phone call from my mum. And I, I can't remember whether I lied about it. Or just, I, was, I was really ill and you weren't going to... I knew you wouldn't let me stay on, so I've gone to hers. So now you've dropped me in it. And she ended up having to ring back to work saying, oh, I didn't realise he'd come back to bed. I never looked in his room after life for me. <laughs> just to backtrack again. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that was probably... But, but then two days... Ah, this is the reason I know it's 29th of December. Two days later is New Year's Eve, right? And... She came over to mine, the girl that is, and we went into my room. I like, what's this down the side of the bed? It was sick all down the side of the bed where the skirting board was. I'd not even noticed. I must have thrown up in my sleep that night when I got absolutely am. I didn't know anything about it. I was there on my hands and knees, having to scrape it up with carrier with carrier bags oh. on my hands, <laughs> scraping it up with all this cold, mushy, sick. <laughs> Great times. Great times. So what was, you your, get, what was your first proper job? <laughs> <laughs> you could get away with it then, though. You were young enough to kind of try and overcome it a little bit. Oh, um, stupidity. Unlike you, I, I I climbed that career ladder. I had to, I got experience. I didn't I didn't have the benefit of just jumping straight into a luxurious pharmacy supermarket like Boots with all them fit people. So after I did my paper round, I became a Saturday lad in the market in this uh, in a butcher's. So every Saturday really? I used to go around, yeah, I used to clean the uh, clean the freezers out, blood everywhere, dead meat everywhere. <clears throat> so there's a huge walk-in freezers. I had to take all the meats out. I had my headphones on, actually. It was pretty good. Got to listen to music, freezing cold, uh, and just soap it, clean it all out, put all the meat back in. Then I had to defrost the freezer as well. So I sat there yeah. with like a little chisel defrosting that. Once I'd done that, I just start help breaking down and uh, cleaning all the pots, washing up everything. So I, so I did that for quite a while, actually. I don't know, at least a year, I want to say. And then from there, I moved on and somehow I just went from job to job. I've had a lot of jobs, Chris, a lot of jobs. I've been work, worked at Coteal Windows at a very young age. I think I was like 16 or 17. What, like cold calling? Cold calling, mate. I did that. Excuse house of... me, uh, my name's Graham, and I was just wondering what your energy needs are and how effective your windows are at keeping, keeping it warm with winter coming up. <laughs> Do you know what the beauty was? I had a script. I just read it off a script. Oh, it was amazing. God. It was so easy. So easy. And did you get commission? <clears throat> I think I did, yeah, yeah. I was on quite good money, actually, to say I was a 16-year-old, but the, it was hard graph getting the sales in, trying to con all these old biddies into getting new windows. <laughs> <laughs> but... They're like core centers, especially cold seal, like the dodgy ones like that. They have really clever techniques. You call up and say, oh, did you get the uh, discount through the post where you get 50% off, you know, windows and doors or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, I didn't get it. I'm like, well, it's a good job I called, isn't it? Here's the thing. We never sent out any discounts. There was no discount sent out. It was all just way to get in. Uh, and then if you did like hook one and you send the, you know, the guy around to quote it. And then if they do actually sell it, you make a big, big chunk of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, anyway, that was that. Then I did Frankie and Benny's, did the whole restaurant scene. And I've got a Christmas temp story as well. And and my prop where I kind of settled down job wise is at a pizza restaurant in the shopping center. So I was there for a good couple of years. Uh, I think that's where I built most of my experience. But going back to the Christmas temp job, that was at House of Fraser. And it was the same time as year as you as well. New mm-hmm. Year's Eve. Went out New Year's Eve with, I think it was Simon and a guy called Carl. I want to say you right. were there. Okay. But anyway, it just... was, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was just one of them where it just escalated. And it was that it was that one year where it like snowed as well. 
like over oh yeah years. <clears throat> so getting in at like four o'clock in the morning and it's snowing i didn't even ring to say that we weren't going to come in i didn't even attempt i just went oh it's just a temp job and it didn't have that kind of courtesy as a, a young graham and uh, <laughs> i just got all these missed calls and abuse and just like, where are you where are you why are you turned up it's, it's busiest day of the year isn't it it's new year's day What's oh, everyone's going mad which I was just like, oh, too hung over. Oh, I can't get in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can't get in. The snow's like fucking fucked the trams and buses up, aren't it? I can't get there. And then you got people it. who've come from Rotherham to get in. <laughs> <laughs> like, Did fucking... you get sacked, Graham? Yeah, John, John walked from Rotherham. <laughs> he still made it in in time. Oh, like, fuck John from Rotherham walking. Anyway, got John sacked. From Rotherham's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> and fun, everyone else is for shopping on new year's day they're all pricks do you know what gets and me though like they are like just they are pricks let people if you have shop the on day new off. year's day you are a prick if you're a person who shops on boxing day you're a prick you really need to get a life right rather than queuing up outside shopping centers with with your vouchers on what are basically bank holidays like that just honestly reprioritize your life you don't need to have T you know t-shirts from the sale in winter the reason they're in the sale in the first place is because you couldn't sell them in summer and now end of bloody december and they won't be in fashion next season anyway so get a king grip <laughs> yeah save them christmas tents the hassle fucking hell yeah <clears throat> yeah funny enough got sacked as well from that one didn't ask me <laughs> Think, you know, how, it, many, how many jobs have you been sacked from graham not not that many three just, uh, <laughs> we've got to two so far three or four not that many but they're all in the younger days i'm more professional now <clears throat> but yeah house of fraser was just oh, bullshit all you do is stand there watch people fuck up all the displays and t-shirts then you have to go up yeah. after them refold them and then someone comes and fucks them all up and then you have to fold them back <laughs> and it's my, like, mate oh, rob works, it. my mate rob works at house of fraser as well he, had, he works in wedgwood like Wed Wedwood Pottery, and he was like the clumsiest person in the world as well. <laughs> like, how, how did you not break anything? So I broke a plate. <laughs> I broke a plate. I broke a few. <laughs> Worth three hundred quid or something. Oh, man, no, I'd, I'd never do a department store again. Just too much. Not too much. It's just boring. There's no challenge, is there? Oh, yeah. Why don't you challenge it's... yourself? See how many t-shirts you can fold in an hour. Going from that, I moved on to the uh, standard call center. Uh, ah, the course from the shop, yes. and I honestly, I was a nightmare. First, first year, I just, I think I showed up to work on time about three times. <laughs> three times, just, just out, yeah, just out oh, getting pissed all the time. I didn't really care. I used to go to the pub at lunch and everything. No one gave a toss. Um, and obviously, you're just getting yourself in situations and stuff for that age when you're working with, you know, similar age and similar minded people, and it was all good fun, but. I remember being absolutely broke at one Christmas and I ended up working four hours Monday to Friday every night at uh, British home stores after working in a call center. So I was working like 11 and a half hour days. Lasted uh, two weeks. Lasted two weeks before I before I chucked that in. Like, I can't be doing this. I ended up managed to, managed to find a like a Sunday and Friday evening job at Ted Baker to top up my Christmas money a little bit. I was very stupid with money at that age. And... Yeah, it was just, I met my mate Simon there and uh, <laughs> the way he the way he quit from there was quite funny because it was very uppity, Ted Baker, for what it was. It was like, it's just a clothes shop, a little clothes shop in Meadowhall. Mm. And there's a girl there, oh, it's, it's long ago now, so sorry, her name was Hayley. She's like the assistant manager or whatever. And she just randomly started shouting at you. If you were talking, now bear in mind you not had a customer for half an hour because it was last thing on a Friday. The shop's all tidied up anyway, so you, you're kind of talking across a table or something while you're waiting for someone to come in. And she was one of those sad people that took it really, really seriously. And she had to go to Simon one day, and he just got his broom and just chucked it on the floor, and went fuck off, got his coat and left. Really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I'd love to have like an that's epic That's a great way to go. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Just walked off. Fuck it up. I want to say I've done that before, but I don't think I have. Maybe something similar. Going back to call centres, being hungover and a second job, I actually 
did the same thing as well. It must be a call center thing. But I got the yeah. job for like a recruitment agency and they just like, I think they were just sending off students. So I think it was in my early 20s for, for this call center. But I remember I used to be hungover a lot for that job. And you're dealing with people's like banking. There's a lot of security questions you need to ask. And you yeah. just like, uh, what's, what's the name of your fucking dog? <laughs> what's, what's your mother's maiden name? Oh, fuck off. I'm, I'm tired. Yawn. And I had a bar job afterwards. I'd finish at like five, half five, and I'd get the tram into town and start a bar job. I don't want to finish that till like one, two o'clock in the morning. But then we'd have, have drinks, like lock-ins and stuff like that. So I'd be fucking hungover, go to work, repeat. And this was like during the week and uh, yeah, Monday to Friday. It was bloody, I don't know how I did it, managed it. The what? The worst thing, worst hangover I had was, do you remember, what was that student bar crawl call that they banned? You know, the big ones. Oh, that, God. That kid pissed on the memorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. I, 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 forget what, I forget what it's called now. Something but like the loser like, or something. Of like ins- not insanity because that was a workout, but it was something of that, some sort of bombastic name, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something stupid anyway. Like all the students did, they did, I think they did it like twice a year or something all around the country. Anyway, I managed to sneak onto one of them, got back at like, I don't think I've slept. I think I did an all nighter, but it was one of them things where they give you the t shirts and everyone has to sign and write and draw cocks on them and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Didn't you just write on the t-shirts? They drew on your face. Yeah. So did. I had yeah. Well, this night it was a school night. Like a <laughs> I can see Wednesday. where this is going now. <clears throat> Went on this mad night out. So my mate was a student. It was a fresher. Joined in. Had a great time. And then uh, I think I got home for five. Then had to get ready at six to go out for work. Couldn't get this permanent marker off my face. They just drew anything and everything, like a weird moustache, a weird beard. I think massive cock as well or something. And I tried my best to scrub it off. Didn't come off. And I didn't have time either to try and do it. Still stinking of work. And I just went to work. I just turned up with all these fucking graffiti on my face. Didn't get a sack, though. I mean, mine wasn't as bad, but I I remember going to Leeds Festival uh, and then being back in work on the Tuesday, like the day after I got back. And I'd got like, like... Jaguar, like semi permanent tattoos on my neck and stuff like that. It's massive. Yeah, I think it's like a henna kind of thing, but with darker ink. But so oh. it stays for like a week. I've got this massive fist on my neck, which is, <laughs> and to be honest, it could have been worse because I asked them to write cock on my forehead. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I to go into work in the office. It was all like sticking out and like really badly sunburned and clearly still pissed. I remember being on still holiday. Recovering. <laughs> I remember being on holiday and uh, asking for a, a a cock henna on my arm, and the guy refused it. it like, yeah, no. she did. The girl at the festival refused it as well. Probably a good thing in hindsight, but well, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> can you imagine if you if you actually had it done, and you're walking around having it advertised, and people just coming up all the time <laughs> asking for it? Oh, I've seen loads of people with cocks on their arms. Can you do one for me as well? <laughs> That's um, what you're known for. Rounded up the old call centre days, by the way. Um, I hated it, mate. Did you? Um, it was easy enough. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad for me most of the time. I, I couldn't be bothered with the whole. Oh well, you need to do your data protection checks. You have to have three public, not two non-public. Yeah. And we had, we had this really stupid question: if someone rang, you always had to ask, irrespective of what they said, "Are you the policyholder?" On the basis that on one time someone didn't ask and assume they were and gave out information like yeah. one time literally so they changed their entire structure for it rather than just slapping the stupid dickhead or pissed young person right on right on brothers and sisters sympathy well, that- with you so they changed the whole thing so that's like hi i'm the financial advisor for mr stephen smith his policy number is blah 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 and then you'd have to go are you okay are you the policy holder and you'd be like and they just get annoyed. It's like, you're clearly not listening. He's like, no, I've got to ask this question like a dickhead because this place is run by utter morons. Yeah, well, they just kept adding to the script all the time, didn't they? Because, you know, they had to cover themselves because some idiot, like, the day before, like, fucked up and everyone yeah. else is punished for it. But, like, cool. like, I enjoyed it to begin with because there wasn't as many rules and there wasn't as many targets yeah. and KPIs and bollocks. Towards the end of it, 
oh, you need, everyone needs to do like 30, 50 calls an hour or something stupid like that. Or yeah. like, don't stop. Make sure you press break if you go on a break. Make sure you press sign out or lunch if you're going on lunch. Or all, that, all that micromanaging with it as well. Exactly. Um, it's, it just, it's so counterproductive because it just makes the staff really unhappy and unenthusiastic. They don't do the job properly and they just follow it to the letter, which doesn't leave any room for doing the, the actual thing properly and understanding what the person wants and doing what they've asked in the first place. It's just racing them through to try and get your numbers up. And it just means more people call back because they don't get it sorted out first time around. It's basically for yeah. just utterly incompetent managers, isn't it, who end up in that position by virtue of being there for a certain amount of time. But exactly, they might be yeah. thick as mint. There's plenty of those around. Did I ever tell you about the shit terrorist, by the way? Shit terrorist? What? The no. shit terrorist. So this is way back in the call centre days. Um, and we started going through a spate of the fire alarm being sounded off. Like every week the fire alarm was going off. And they were finding turds in plant pots. <laughs> so, 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 I like this so story already. The fire alarm off and leaving turds in plant pots in the hallways <laughs> and on the on the office floor. What a legend! I really did uh, like that. <laughs> I understand them now. Um, and there was there was an incident where they'd written some Jack the Ripper style abusive message about the cleaners in excrement on the toilet walls. Whoa. I know. It was like, like really badly misspelled, really crude, <laughs> angry message about the cleaners. Like <laughs> the Jews will not be blamed in Whitechapel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I remember seeing the pictures of it because I had this really incompetent building secretary who printed it out on the, like, the main printer when oh. she shouldn't have been doing it. You used to get all sorts of stuff going off. Like you used to get IT talking about, oh, well, shit, internet abuse, using the internet when you're meant to be working. Is there like oh yeah. yeah like in the in the pre-smartphone days there's yeah, inter- you- internet abuse and they'd like pull you in for it and then it would be like get all the numbers and stuff and set all the rules about it because it was their job for some bizarre reason and then you go to the printer it was full of bloody dungeons and dragons maps that they'd been printed off for their near <laughs> gardens <laughs> That's why it's a stereotype. Uh. It was like literally like some sort of medieval fantasy game thing they've been printing off. Like, get a, a grit, you pricks, honestly. What's oh, funny yeah. though, like, I, I got into loads of, loads of stuff there because I, I stayed there for quite a while. Like, after like two, two years of just absolutely taking the piss and somehow not being fired, I started actually working and like progressing up and going through into different roles and stuff. And like moving around the country because of it, but uh, that's for, like for two, two or three years, I just absolutely took the piss. I just lived like a student, like come in, do bare minimum, hungover all the time, constantly going out. Most of the work we're doing it anyway, you know, get myself in trouble and all the other things as part of it. It was brilliant, but I couldn't imagine doing that now. No, definitely not. Oh, yeah, they, they were the good old days, actually. Where you're right, you could just like kind of half arse it and get away with it. Got yeah. like told off every now and again. But it was the people, the colleagues that I worked with, they were just great banter, great lads, mm. great women as well, actually, just to have a good laugh with. And you know, we're all, you're all in the same boat. I remember one guy, a big weed head and stuff, and he just used to like on his lunch break sit in his car, just fucking hot pocket himself to death and like just get high as fuck. And then just made just made work tolerable for him. And, I remember uh, I remember about buying weed from someone at work at lunchtime in the park. Did you? <laughs> yeah, meet, meet you in the park, mate. It's quite Can't a few years from. ago now, obviously, but yeah, it it was just you just didn't care, did you, about that sort of thing? There was no real repercussions of it. And Christmas Christmas parties were just absolute scandal every year, weren't they? Oh yeah, our place yeah, got yeah. banned from like all the major hotels in Sheffield because of it. Like Did people you? shagging on the dry ski slope and things like that. <laughs> Got banned from the ski village. So long and short, the whole call centre thing is a bit of a rite of passage for most people, especially when you're young. It can be quite funny. It's better paid than working in a shop. It's a lot less hard work, it, but it's just a bit tedious on a day-to-day basis. It's not really a place to stick if you can help it. Well, and that's kind of it, isn't it, in a nutshell? Everyone ends up doing it at some point, it feels like. 
Yeah, it's that it's that time of your year, uh, year time of your life where you're actually making some okay money, some spendable mm-hmm. money, and you're still kind of maybe still living at home or looking to move out. You've just got like that extra influx of cash where you can just go mad and just go on mad nights out and not really worry about kind of like saving or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, it's good, good, good period to have. Just very boring and mundane. What is the worst thing about applying for a job now? Now, now, well, it's been, to be fair, when I apply for jobs, I sometimes, I don't have to apply for that many jobs. I usually kind of apply for a few, get an interview, then get the job. I've never been, this is obviously like pre-COVID. Usually, like I said earlier, usually kind of land on my feet quite a bit. But the worst thing about it is updating your CV, I think. And and tailoring and tailoring what that you want what they want to hear basically uh, it's almost like a form of lying isn't it really to be fair you're just trying oh, to pick out your transferable skills reword it artistic license isn't it there we go yeah 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 that's the word you're looking for exaggerating it to a certain point so it sounds like you've done something yeah and but you know when you read your CV back you sound like such a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. I read it back and think I've never used that sentence ever in my life, apart from if it's written down. And, you know, chucking in buzzwords and keywords and, you know, words that people want to hear and stuff. It's like, ugh. It makes you cringe. It does. It makes your skin travel up, doesn't it? Like like working in financial services, hearing words like platform and synergy. (laughs) Can do attitude, man. It's apt. I mean, you just think, oh, for God's sake, what have I become when you're writing it? See, I've, I've, I've been looking for like jobs recently um, to try and you know do something a bit better because I took a kind of like a what I felt would be a temporary thing on when I moved to Leeds, and I need to be doing something a bit more in depth than what I'm doing now. It's not, it's not what I want to do long term, but it's, it's paying the bills a bit. Um, and I've been fairly upfront and honest with them about that as well, that I'm looking to do something that's a bit more challenging because, you know, I was getting paid a lot more money in my last job as well before I moved to Leeds. And just, I find when I'm applying for jobs, the ridiculously over-the-top entry requirements you get on hmm. some on some job roles, like wanting a degree to do a basic admin job, I just find, like, you are. What do you want, why do you need a degree to do that? don't need a degree to do that. You just need to know how to use office systems. You need to know how to use Microsoft Office and have half a brain. I was looking for them keywords like preferable or preferred. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, do you want it or not? Just say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so uh, when they state that they want an experienced person in the role, like already experienced at doing it, and then they're offering the bottom end of the pay scale for that role. Yeah. Well, why would they move to you then? Because probably getting paid more than that elsewhere. We need an experienced manager to lead this customer service team. Do you? Do you need someone who's experienced as a manager? How do you promote your own managers within? You have to be that over the top about it, surely. Because you don't want to take the risk of giving someone a shot. Um, That's oh, thing some another could, thing, by the way. I was going to say, they, sometimes they just want outsiders, don't they? They just want a third party that's going to come in and lay the law down as opposed to someone like internal where they've been kind of taught or handed down or trained from their point of view. Uh, I don't know. It depends on which business it is, doesn't it? And how they want to run it. Such a tedious thing. And they'll get, and you wonder why they're constantly re-advertising for that position. It's like, well, because you've got really unrealistic expectations of who's going to apply for that job on that pay. Um, Massive ball ache for me when you're writing out, because you basically, your CV is almost irrelevant now as well, isn't it? Have you noticed that? When you're applying for jobs, like your CVs become borderline irrelevant. Your CV is what you put on a job site if someone wants to find you, and offer you yeah. some shit job that's completely irrelevant and miles. Especially away. when it's when the majority of it is uh, the travel industry. Oh god, yeah. I think what, no, what, what yeah. I've been trying to work on is um, finding those transferable skills, really, and trying to abbreviate them and make mm. them kind of more stand out. Because I think for me, like it can say what it wants on the CV, but if you get me in for an interview, I think people do hire people because they go from well, black and white, you can do this, do that. Then they obviously want to talk to you, and you know you need to be able to talk the talk, mm-hmm. walk the walk. 
Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so when you do that as well, like I think personality comes into it a lot. You've got I can't remember the last time I applied for a job and they wanted a copy of my CV. How do you mean, Bob? Yeah. One in? I think that's changed. And I just don't think they ever look at it now. I think as part of your applying, you have to write that sort of personal statement and you're basically just chopping your CV to bits and sticking it in that anyway. And they well, even say the quite a lot in bold that we don't accept CVs. So I think this, well, the era of CV is mostly gone now. CV is more about advertising yourself like anonymous, almost anonymously for jobs if they're looking for people without you applying for it. But if you can and then you have like to go and apply that... for it all again anyway, copy and pasting off your bloody CV. In. Well, yeah, I'll say if you, can, if you can pique their interest through the cover letter and actually get them to turn the page onto the CV, then you've kind of succeeded, haven't you? Because that's all they want. They just want to see if they... Oh, I don't know. If I can see if you can write, write paragraphs, but it's so boring writing the cover letters, especially like for specific jobs, you know. Right, okay. And you're going through like the, the person specification or the job specification, and you chop that paragraph out, you type it. It, take, it takes like two hours to write one. Uh, you're um, just constantly trying to sell yourself, but in a different way, aren't you? But it's when you don't even hear back after all the work you have to put in. That's so annoying. That's it. for me. That's courtesy. Like no matter what job you apply for, you should hear back. The ones that don't reply back to you, they're they're shitty people. Yeah, if someone's, if someone's taking the time and effort to apply for a role at your company, the, the least you can do is send them an email template by saying thanks, but no thanks. I mean, they could do it automated, but obviously now there's hundreds and hundreds of CVs that they're getting that just aren't relevant, are they? So, I mean, that's a lot of manpower for them just to kind of manually type out an email. No, all they have to do is just pull pull the next stage people into a list and then send an email template to the rest. Some companies do. Do it all right. I'd rather have that than not hear back at all. Have you found, by the way, when you're successful in one, they say you'll hear back from by a certain date. When have you ever heard back by that certain date? What do you mean? Always like, oh, like, oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're making a decision Monday and let people know Tuesday. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a fucking week after then. <laughs> always, oh, yeah, Every they always forget, don't they? Like, always forget, always, always some HR hold up or something like that. You're never going to hear back on the date they say they do. You just, you just don't. I've had a, mind you, I've had a call back on the way back from an interview once saying they want to give me a job. On the way back? Yeah, literally, like on the bus or car journey home back. About, I say, oh, yeah, you've got it. All right, good. I'm gonna remember. That'd be good. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so let me know rather than explanation. Yeah, well, you'd rather know quicker, wouldn't you? Um, it's also like when you when you when you're using job sites now. I always find, I find them so tedious to use because I feel like I should be, in, in 2020. I should just be able to put my skills in and that and match me to a job not having to read through advert after advert after advert or having to put in specific job titles to find it. It's like, can I not just put my skill, my actual skills in and see if they cross-reference and do it that way? You know, yeah, it's, it's almost like a are... tags to make it work. That, is that not how a job site should work by now? Is that a bit yeah. much to ask? Skills are universal, aren't they, mate, over all the industries, oh, exactly. over all sectors? So I have to say, oh, what else might they call this job? Or oh, what's another name for it? All sorts of stupid job names. I think stupidest job title I've ever had is knowledge management. Is that actually a title? With job title, yeah. Everyone, I say it's the most London-centric bullshit job title I've ever heard in my life, and it was mine. <laughs> was it? Knowledge yeah. management. Knowledge management expert, I think it was. Um, Sounds as good as genius bar. Was that working at Apple? Apple, yeah. Genius technician. Did you actually do that? No, I didn't do that. I'm just saying it's oh the same God. bullshit title, isn't it? I can it? imagine you doing Knowledge. that, <clears throat> What, me as a fucking genius? Yeah. On Apple you products. Love, you, love, you, love your, you love your Apple tech. I do like my Apple tech. You like but... to talk a bit of bullshit to people to try and get a sale, sale in or whatever. I can yeah, imagine then... you quite like that. Yeah, the genius bar, they don't have to sell anything, do they? They just fix stuff. So all they do is basically go through your computers looking at all your porn and your your girlfriend or wife's nudes. That's what they do. <laughs> That's their real job. They don't actually fix anything. They just transfer everything onto their phones. They're just looking at how, how niche is this guy? 
Let's look at his browsing well, history. Well, I've got Gillian Anderson dressed as an elf. <laughs> I did that one. I actually had to take my, uh, my Mac in. <laughs> no, not that. Not Gillian Anderson as an elf. I had to take my Mac in to get repaired, and I made sure that everything was just wiped and cleaned off it. There was nothing I can't bad say on it. Would, that, well, no, of course not. There wasn't when you were done anyway. Well, I had to change the screensaver of my penis, didn't I, to just like that like, generic mountains. I thought you were going to say to something they could see. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. What a dick. Uh, yeah. Of course you could see it. It's fully erect. <laughs> <laughs> took up at least bottom corner. <laughs> Listen, anyway, that, going back to job size. Oh Job yeah, so what was words. Do you enjoy working in a fast-paced, changing environment? Which really means everyone's <laughs> stressed to shit and overworked. Which <laughs> yeah. is why we're constantly having to fucking advertise because we're dicks. <laughs> uh, no. Can you can you handle complaints in a calm, professional manner? Basically, can you take lots of shit on a daily basis and not get annoyed at it? You'll play a pivotal role in growing the organization. Sales dickhead, run by marketing <laughs> tech beat wankers. I worked in marketing once. My job, my my boss there oh, on this marketing thing I was only there as a comment. Biggest cunt I've ever worked for in my entire life. Fuck it, I'm just gonna say it. No one's gonna listen to this. Like pre-employing me, and if you do, too late. Uh, but she was she was an absolute <laughs> the highest order, full on corporate arse licker, renowned for backstabbing people. They even had to create a new job for her because no one else would work with her. Fucking in corporate. I know. Oh, big time. Massive, massively so. Absolutely horrible. Massive liar as well. Fuck like, she'd, she'd, say, she'd say that I'd, I'd made a decision when I'd proposed the exact opposite, and then she'd gone with her own gut feeling, which was wrong, and then she'd blame me. She was absolutely horrendous. I've, and then I've just, as I was le- just as I was leaving that employer, she wanted access to this like, mini site I'd set up. I was like, ignore Fuck you. <laughs> you're, not having the, you're not having all the work I've done. You can do it yourself. <laughs> I've had a I nearly told like her to fuck off, but I was like, mm. I, bit, I, I thought I'd just go for the middle option of just like, I'm just going to ignore you and pretend I didn't get this email because you're such an awful person. We, we all have like, we've all had a terrible boss, haven't we? We're, they're just kind of, they just Dreadful. got no kind of professional management skills or anything. They just kind of make everything personal. It's like, it's not personal. Shit happens oh, yeah. and that. And it's like, oh, it's not your fault, you fucking... Blah, 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 whatever. And just personally attack you. And you, that's just not the way to deal with something, is it? it, isn't, it isn't, isn't it amazing, though, that people are so lacking in substance in terms of the work they deliver and yet attend every committee meeting and things like that seem to get places? Like, that person was always in meetings in London for like diversity things and stuff like that in the hope she gets to speak to a board member. She didn't do her actual job at any point. All right, fucking hell. It was dreadful. Just brown noses, aren't they? All they want to do is just like... Oh, big time. Stick the nose as far up that anus as possible and just sniff their inside. Oh, yeah, I'll do that for you. There's no... Don't get me wrong. There's no need to just be aggressive for the sake of it with people, but I'd like to think you get judged on the actual work you do, but the working world just doesn't seem to work like that Mm. for some reason. Or in a lot of places it doesn't. It's more about saying certain things rather than actually bloody doing anything. Oh, well, yeah, actually. Well, I was just looking at the the ways of synergizing our structure, and I think if we we migrate onto... uh, a more explicit platform, I think that we can deliver. What the fuck? Shut the fuck up. What everyone's thinking, why don't you do? Why don't you actually physically do something and show it at work with data and, and some sort of tangible example rather than talking bollocks? People like that really irritate me. I know, because all they want to do is just make fucking presentations to send like company emails. This is what I've done. This is yeah. our stats. You aren't doing any of that. The fucking employees have yeah. done that. You're just fucking... It's like, yeah, big time. Yeah, just annoying. It's like sort of like a, almost like virtue signal, is it? This whole sort of look at me thing, and then they've actually done nothing towards it whatsoever. Yeah, all you're doing is just advertising what your staff have done. Brilliant. What have you done? Change the font. Yeah, great. <laughs> what, what else is the worst thing about applying for a job anyway? Interviews, interviews. How are you at interviews? Uh, I've got better. I've got better. But you can have a nightmare interview. 
you can get nervous in an interview when you just because you I've found that I've ended up pigeonholing my answers expecting to be expecting to know what they're gonna ask. And then they ask something really sideways and you can't think of an example. Because uh, it's just sort of sort of just really day to day stuff you expect that you do. Can you tell me the last time you resolved something difficult kind of thing? You know, like, oh, all the time. I don't know. Can't think. <laughs> must be yeah. Preparation is key. Like I used, to, I used to be yeah. like that, just like not prepare at all, and then just get in there and be like, oh, what's your what's your biggest strength? I'm like, oh, just I'm really good at working hard, aren't I? I could turn up on time, and that's not good enough, is it? So now I, I've made in the past just lists of like, just almost like a template basically of all the generic questions, and just use that. Yeah. And what else would do now? Well. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, bollocks. <laughs> just, just give a strength as I'm. I, I'm very adept at letting your corporate <clears throat> bullshit wash over me and looking interested in oh, meetings. Yeah. Oh, what, what's your? Which I'm not. <laughs> what's your biggest weakness? Like, what kind of question is that? But you have to give them what they want to it's, hear, it's don't you? Thing. It's like I care too much. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say much. My, my biggest weakness is I take on too much work and work too hard and do everything for everyone else. And my biggest other weakness is staying late after work and getting the job done. Is that well, that's just bullshit? But that's can, I, just, can you not just give it? Can you not just give us an assessment to just demonstrate skills instead and go no. more down that route of things rather than talking crap? Because the job is not half the time. The job isn't giving presentations, so that talking part of an interview is giving a presentation effectively. So why don't you focus on something that's relevant to it? You know, talk about the job. <clears throat> What's your biggest weakness? Gluten. If I have a sandwich, I'll shit myself then and there. <laughs> <laughs> that was that for an Coming answer. <laughs> Obviously exaggerated. <laughs> My biggest weakness is trying to eat a McDonald's breakfast and go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest weakness is trying to get up on time for work. <laughs> My biggest weakness is daytime drinking. <laughs> Apart from that, it's fine. My biggest weakness is JD first thing in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's heroin. <laughs> heroin. <laughs> well, yeah, interviews oh, are just... Uh, I, I've, I think I've got better. I'm only because I sat down and just prepared I, I always 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 i think if you go on and read the website read all the core value bollocks and stuff like that and just literally read back what the website says because it's all about diversity doing the right thing doing the righteous thing you know respect for others customer service it's all keywords and stuff in it it's all bollocks so you just say that to them and then they fucking love it yeah i would I'm just going to move on slightly as we're getting towards the end of the pod. Um, you ever hit a bit of a midlife crisis and thought about changing careers? Um, you thought, I'm doing this, why am I doing it? <clears throat> I want to do something else. And then just thought, oh, shit, what the hell do I actually want to do? Right now, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Right now, this moment more in time. On you, though, hasn't it? It's crossed my mind, I'd say, a few times. <laughs> um, I think in the past... Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember yeah. that far back. I think, I think I've just fell into things most of the time. But I made, I made a I conscious it. effort to go into travel after my backpacking. Yeah. Because then I was just like, what do I do? I don't, where do I go from here? Like, I've just left car rental. I don't want to do that again because it was like 60 hours a week. It was great, but mm-hmm. no, I want work balance. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's why I decided to go into the travel industry using my backpacking experience. Uh, so that's the main decision I got into that bit. Now that the travel industry is pretty much fucked uh, and there's no point in applying for travel jobs right now, I'm in that situation of what do I do now? How do, how do you even go about the process of like deciding what you want to do? Have you found anything that you think you want to do or is it just overwhelming? Or It is. It's, it's overwhelming if I think about a structured, traditional career prospect. But like I said, I... I usually fall into stuff like the candles yankee candles wanky candles should i say wanky candles wanky candles i think i'm slowly tripping and falling into that but there's a lot of hard work and it's new territory you've got to do everything yourself and it's not a tradition it's not something i'm 
got experience with running my own business or working for myself. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's you know, it's not paying the bills right now, but it's not not getting orders. It's a tough. One, no, tough it's one. one of those things where you, I'm guessing you're gonna have to find something if it's part time just to top up the bills a little bit. Exactly. But what do you settle for? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm looking around at the moment. I'm thinking. I've started to have a couple of ideas of what I want to do, but I'm going to have to go and retrain and do a qualification, which is I'm finding really daunting, really, really daunting to do it, like in terms of the fees and the time. And what if I realise I don't like it when I'm a year in or something like that, and I've wasted all that money. And it's it's quite a scary thing. I wish I'd, I wish I'd made this sort of decision when I was in my 20s, not the 34 because now I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm just going to be the old person learning, even at 34. I'm going to look like I'm having a midlife crisis or something. No, mate, times have changed now. Everyone's, like, it's that old saying, isn't it? You're never too old to learn something new. And to be fair, you, I'd always expect a, a new class to be just full of 18-year-olds. But no, they're like yeah. literally every demographic you can think of. They're there. Um, I don't know, I've actually I've seen something that I'll talk to you about after the podcast. Actually, I think you'd be interested. Okay, in. interesting, interesting. So if you let's 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 round it up. Let's round oh, it up. Bit of advice you give your younger self when going for a job. Read the website. <laughs> read the website. Read the website. <laughs> Just go on the website. Read their uh, about me, their core values. Prepare, yeah, definitely prepare for an interview. Uh, remember, star, star is a very good one actually. That really helps me with yeah, the technique. Situation, mm-hmm. task, action, and result. So you give an example of a situation where they say, "Give me a situation where you've had to deal with a bad complaint or an angry customer." Well, the situation was as an angry customer because somebody stole all their money out of their account the task for me was to make sure they stay calm and we could give them their money back or resolve it the action i took was sending an email to a random department (laughs) (laughs) passing on this information and the result was i never heard from them ever again (laughs) (laughs) the result was i got someone else to do it because i wasn't qualified (laughs) enough the result was it was someone else's problem not mine no, 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 no. My, that, that's exaggerating. That's just, yeah. My my advice to younger me would be demonstrate a lot more enthusiasm. You get a lot. <laughs> you can get a lot further with it. You don't have to mean it. You don't have to think that that is going to get your against your principles and stuff. We all give into it at some point. Like when I went for an interview at ASDA when I was sixteen. And I didn't get it because they asked me things like, why do you want to work here? I think my answer was, well, I don't. I just need to get paid. And this is the sort of job that you give (laughs) (laughs) 16-year-olds. Didn't didn't get it. I don't know why. (laughs) You can't be that honest, apparently. (laughs) No, yeah. Why do you think I want to work? I don't want to work at Asda, for fuck's sake. Of course I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's not offensive people that work at Asda, but that's not not what I want to do. Bullshit baffles brains is a, is a good tip as well. Just talk bullshit. Just tell them what they want to hear. Like still, I, I, I picked up a technique yeah. where if I go to an interview, like people like to have achievements on their walls or a photo of you know them finishing a race with a medal or the family or something. I end up just talking about that. I'm like, oh, you've got a kid, have you? That's nice. How long? How old's that kid? You've done a race, have you? What's your best time? What's your PB? Bet I'm faster than you, aren't I? I just I just talk crap like that to them. It's like, yeah, mate, run a marathon as well. Whatever. <laughs> Let's ignore that question about like the uh, bad situations and stuff, uh, strongest strengths and weaknesses. We'll ignore that. We'll talk about you. That's what they want to talk about themselves. Let me just turn it around on you. Always have some questions prepared as well. Say, do you like to ask us anything? Always have something about what what direction do you see the company moving into? The new sectors it looking to to expand into? What's the vision for the company? And then just look at them glazed eyed for a bit. <laughs> My questions are just like, so when do I get paid? How much am I getting paid? And get the pay rise <laughs> before I get the start. <laughs> what's your view on turning up hungover? <laughs> yeah, what's your policy on sick days? <laughs> Because <laughs> I, li- I like to have a lot. 
Uh, I like to work flexibly, which means I want to get up at 11 some days and only work 20 hours and get paid for 35. <laughs> Can I split my sick days into half days and only work half days for six months? Yeah. Can I? How, how will I know how many sick days I'm allowed to use in any given time? Or what point does it get to the point where you'll start taking measures against me? <laughs> uh, on that note... On that note, I think we've covered it. So we're confused about trying to find new jobs, I suspect. Confused about how stupid we possibly were when we were younger as as well, when doing these sort of things and realise that, oh my God, we really have had to grow up bit by bit, but we still feel the same things. Yeah, I think just learn how to keep it mute. Keep it mute. You've got to learn to bite your tongue, haven't you, in certain job situations and environments. I think most of them, to be fair, from saying what you really feel. Yeah, just, you know, if, to give some good advice, just brown nose, lick some ass, and... Brown nose, be enthusiastic, and... Turn up on time. Yeah. And, and uh, you'll probably do all right. you do all right, yeah. And don't be late. <laughs> yeah. Style over substance every time. Ignore everything people say about being principled and what people really look for. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> just, just lick, lick, lick that ass and you'll be run away. <laughs> Spread them cheeks, lick it clean, and you'll get promoted in no time. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh, well. On that note, then. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, you stay safe. I will stay confused. See you later. Ta-ta.